life stories. Passion. Career growth. And success. You're listening to Historia with your host, Kim Gonzalez. You're listening to another episode of Historia with your host, Kim. Once again, I would like to welcome you for another episode of our segment, ESL Teaching and Focus. And tonight, I'd like to introduce you to our guest. Her name is Prishella. Welcome to the show, Prishella. Hello. Hello, Kim. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's nice to see you virtually. Now, I'd like to start by asking how you've been and how you're enjoying the Olympics. Oh, <laughs> life in Japan has been roller coaster because a few weeks ago, the, some prefectures just announced <clears throat> state of emergency, extending them. But a few days before Olympics started, they stopped it so people can enjoy and go to Tokyo. But since I live far away from Tokyo, I can't really feel any tension or something. But yeah, I just enjoy Olympic, watching Olympics on TV. Fantastic. That's good to hear. I see that you're enjoying your time and you've been cheering Filipino bets uh, while watching. (laughs) And it's a history for the Philippines to acquire its first ever medal. Right. Seven years. Almost a century. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I'd like to proceed by introducing a little more about yourself. Please tell us who you are and what you're working on today. Okay. So, hello again and um, hi to the listeners of Historia Podcast. My name is Shella. And I am a Filipino living and working in Japan as an English teacher. I have been here for almost six years now, and life in Japan is an experience, but it's great. Life in Japan, there's a lot of different kinds of experiences are Mm -hmm. there, right? And most of the things that you wouldn't expect in one country, it's there in Japan, so... Right. It, it's right. such an impressive country with a lot of culture, with mm-hmm. very impressive work ethic. So mm-hmm. that is also one of the reasons why I also chose working with Japanese clients. Oh, okay. Now, I want to go with what I call your origin story. Mm-hmm. Kindly tell us about your early life and how you ended up staying in Japan for such a long time. Okay. <laughs> I hope you have enough time for this, but yeah, okay. Um, back in the Philippines, I was an online English teacher. No, back, back in the Philippines, I uh, graduated with a degree of biology. So teaching was really not in my mind that time. I planned to pursue medicine or like go to vet med but things changed and I like I stumbled upon a website that you know teaches Japanese st- kids and students online so I tried it 
And so I became an online English tutor um, in the Philippines for almost two years until a friend of my mom contacted her and asked her if I wanted to teach here in Japan as, a, as an English teacher. And who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to be? So I agreed. So I had an online interview with the employer. And the rest is history. <laughs> had to go to POEA. Had to pass a lot of documents, requirements. But all is good. I am here in Japan now and working, in, working as an English teacher. Yes. And I can see that you're enjoying your time there in Japan despite the situation. Yeah, I do. Now, I believe <laughs> that cases are rising in every part of the world. Uh, Japan uh, mm-hmm. has cases uh, when it comes to COVID are also rising. Here in the Philippines, it's much worse. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> because of the uh, variants, which are really contagious, you know, and, and they're named in Greek letters, and by far the Delta variant is the most contagious of yeah, them all. But I'd like to know, what was your turning point moment? What really came up with your mind? Where, oh, I want to go in Japan. I want to go there, and I want to teach kids. What was your, what was that moment? Can you tell us your, a little bit of your awakening? Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. Um. It's not really that dramatic, but um. As I'm as I've mentioned a while ago, I wanted to pursue medicine, but you know, um, going to med school is quite expensive in the Philippines. So, I told my mom if I could, um, if there's an opportunity in Japan to work, then I want to work to save for myself to save money and help myself to go to medicine, go to med school. But but growing up, I was really into anime already, and my mom actually used to live and work here in Japan as well. So I was exposed like with at Japan culture, chocolates, anime figures, and whatnot. Hello, kitties. Oh. <laughs> so basically, basically, I was already interested in Japan like ever since I was a child. So when I got into online teaching, that was my awakening, actually. Like, I really enjoyed my time with my students. They were so nice, very, um, very kind. Like, they, re- they're, they are really kind. So that was basically my awakening. And, I, like, I wanted to be there. I wanted to experience their culture and talk to real Japanese people. So, yeah, that's basically it. I guess. Ah, I see. Naruto. <laughs> yes, Naruto. <laughs> wow, you know, you know some Japanese words? Uh, just a few words. <laughs> okay. Can I hear some of them? All right. All right, let me introduce a little bit about myself. Uh, what <laughs> So okay. it's a short introduction about my name. Watashino is my name. Watashino no yeah. My my name is name is yes. Kim. Mm-hmm. Kim this. Yes. All right. That, that's nice though. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that also made me fascinated about Japan is of course the the whole animation industry. 
like you, I'm I'm also a fan of the animated industry, right? Uh, oh. They have such popular shows that lasted for a long time. I've been li- reading, uh, mm-hmm. not only reading the Japanese comics, we call it manga, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm also watching binge watching animated series. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a fun experience. Up, up until now, I do. I still do. So, oh, what do you watch? What do you recently watch? Right now, I just watch the most recent one is The Detective is Already Dead. Also, uh, Higehiro. Um, after being rejected, I took in a, a high school girl or something. Oh, <laughs> ah, was... okay. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Okay. Yeah. It's a very controversial story, though. Mm-hmm. It, it was fun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one interesting idea about the early education system in Japan. I believe you're teaching kids, right? Kids. I used to, in my previous school, I used to have adult students, but mm-hmm. now mostly kids. I up see. to like elementary students. Yeah. Ah, okay. Gotcha. So. Yeah, early education system in Japan is they're they're more focused on values development as yeah uh, what right. I've heard from one of my other guests prior. Mm-hmm. They they focus more on their manners, like being polite, and right. also being also how they do their their chores or mm-hmm. how to be respectful. It, it's but mm-hmm. how about English? How do children in English develop their skills at a young age? Mm, that's a tricky question. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard because unlike Philippines, we kind of use English outside of school. If you are here and the students are studying English at school, after like when they leave school, of course, they'd use the la- their native language, which is Japanese. So their exposure is really small. <laughs> it's just within the four corners of the room, unless if they try to study more, like going through online lessons and whatnot. But um, development-wise, it's kind of slow. Um, but nowadays, if I compare when I taught like English before online and now kids are more easier to teach and they are more open because I think their parents are even more open now than before because they want their kids to be um, more how would you call that like prepared to take on the world <laughs> and so yeah now they're trying their best the parents especially they're trying their best to expose their kids to as much english as they can like watching english shows or even like you know movies in english so yeah but development wise it's kind of slow <laughs> but they're getting there <laughs> the kids are getting there i see that it's changing because they wanted mm-hmm. especially the parents they wanted their kids to become globally competitive right like, right and uh, it makes sense because here in the Philippines, when English is not only limited to four 
corners of the classroom. Mm-hmm. English is pretty much the main medium of instruction here. Mm-hmm. Right. You'll see English directions and in roads and in, mm-hmm. in nearby shops. So you, you can still see English everywhere in the country, even in literature and in songs. So, mm-hmm. right. uh, Filipinos would still use English. So uh, one thing that I'm really glad is that they're changing towards being more globally competitive. So right. that's right. really fantastic. Love that. Okay, there's one, there's uh, one of our Japanese teachers would always ask, ask me or my cousin, because my cousin and I work at the same school. He always asked us, he would always ask us, like, how did you learn English? Like, how, how can you speak English so well? And then we would just say that the exposure and we're not just limited to study English at school. Like, we watch TV and we're exposed to the language. We have, you know, we have friends who we can talk in English and we have books that are all, they're almost all in English. So it's really the exposure and, and the Japanese teachers like, oh, okay, I see. It's really different. Yes, that's correct. Even from my experience, when I was a kid, I'm already exposed to consuming English content, English videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I used to watch Magic English. That was a Disney educational video about learning English. Also, mm. when I was in high school, I, we also have this English speaking campaign where we have to speak English uh, any, every time uh, we're inside the classroom, not only inside the classroom, but also outside. We also had that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we have to... We have like this coin bank, and if you if someone catch you like speaking the local dialect, like oh sente, oh no not sente, teacher, <laughs> you are speaking Visaya or like Tagalog or something. So he he or she should put like one peso coin in that coin bank. Yeah. Ours was worse though because uh, really we, yeah we have we have this English speaking campaign card where mm-hmm. if you were caught uh, having. Uh, you're speaking vernacular language, mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. own language, then you'll be penalized uh, having one card. And if you were, and all, um, at the end of the day, you have that to, you have to pass that to somebody else, right? Or else you will be, you'll pay 20 pesos uh, a day. And not only that, there's three cards, and you can, the more you speak in vernacular, the more mm-hmm. you get punished because you will get three cards and nobody's gonna once you have those three cards or any of the cards nobody's gonna approach you you'll have no friends at that point <laughs> oh okay i see well in our case like since a lot of us would speak in vernacular the the coins or the, the money that we accumulate we, we actually use it for a christmas party so that means like we had more food we had more you yeah. know presents to get so that was actually like fun (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yes indeed it's actually fun it's really fantastic Mm -hmm. and um that's how i i got to improve my english skills right right and now that i've been serving japanese language uh japanese clients for a while i realized how 
polite. They really are. They're really polite True. at you. Very respectful. Um, are there any kids? I really wonder. Are there any kids that show naughtiness towards their teacher? Are they always that respectful? Like, <laughs> if so, how do you deal with them? And uh, if not, or if you're still yet to encounter it, how how you're going to handle it? Um, like everyone else, like kids go through like phases right so at some point there are there will be like naughty kids but I guess they're so disciplined at school especially the young kids I mean the the kindergartners they're very cute very disciplined and very scared of their moms that they're kind of scared to do something bad but come like elementary students to junior high school uh, that's you know hormones <laughs> changing yeah. changes in the body so they're more like grumpy they're more like ah this is so tiring this is so boring so some kids would like test your patience especially if they think that you can't really do anything to you know hurt them or to you know discipline them because here in Japan it's not like in well in my case it's not very common for English teachers to do the disciplining because it's mostly the Japanese teachers who, who does it. That's why during the English teacher's part, there is a Japanese teacher to, you know, monitor their behavior and stuff like that. But I had this one incident with, I think they were grade six, no, grade five students. And there was this one boy who was really naughty. And he was really like, ah, uh, this is so boring. This is so, like, I don't want to go to this class. Or, like, he was really, like, disturbing the class. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help myself. And that time, the Japanese teacher who was with me was not really helpful at all. He wasn't disciplining the students. So I had to stand up and, you know, do something. Or, it, it, or else, like, the class will be over. But so I kind of lost my patience. So I told him like, okay, here's the deal. If you don't want to study English, get out of the room. I, I really told him that. And the moment I told him that, like he stopped speaking. Like he was, he, I don't know if he, if he got scared or something, but he just stopped. And I kept on repeating it. Like, if you don't want to study English, get out, get out of the room and I'll have you know, Junpei-sensei to call your mom to pick you up. And he said, no, no. Because <laughs> they're really scared with their moms, with their parents. So that's that's what I do. I kind of scare them with their parents. <laughs> like, okay, I'll call your mom or I'll call your dad. Because we can't really, you know, you can't really discipline them. So yeah. just kind of like scaring them a little. <laughs> and so... After that, he kind of got better as like, oh, this teacher is not like, I can kind of respect her or something like that. So he started paying attention to my class. And we actually, he actually became one of my favorite students. Uh. <laughs> he's, he's, actually quite, he's, he's actually intelligent. That's why he finds the class boring or something because maybe of the activities. But after that, we kind of bonded and he, he, yeah, he became one of my favorite students <laughs> eventually. Cool yeah yeah it turned out really good for him then right when he left the school like 
in our school every like when they turn sixth graders they have a choice to stop or continue studying English but the thing is when they continued they would be studying more in the grammar side or like the test side like I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with what was the English test but yeah they had this English test that they have to take so they would be more leaning into that so when sorry is that the way Uh, how how do I pronounce that? T O E I C. Oh, TOEIC. TOEIC. Not really. It's not really. I forgot the term. That's for like TOEIC is mostly for university students or adults. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like there's this English test for elementary students to junior high school students, but I forgot the term. Sorry, but yeah, um, he actually told like. His last day, he said, like, sensei, I'll, or like, teacher, I'll be stopping or like, I'll be quitting this school because I have like baseball practice. He was in baseball that time. So he's like, mm-hmm. I'll be busy in baseball, but after like my baseball matches, I'll come back and like study English again. It's like, oh, cool. I'll be waiting for you then. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I, see. <laughs> I see. So he loves being an athlete. All right. So that's. Yes one of his priorities mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. the, the term you're looking for is Aiken. yes aiken a- a- right aiken aiken ah, yes aiken test yes <laughs> thank you thank you aiken yeah aiken test probably we can discuss more of that in our you know, if we have another episode yeah but uh, for now Seeing that politeness with Japanese people can also become a double-edged sword, right? What I mean mm-hmm. is that they're being polite, but at the same time, they might not be straightforward with right. mm-hmm. how they feel about their feelings. So have you ever had that case by far? You mean like for the kids? Or... Yeah, for the kids. Like they're they're being polite at you, but later on you'll just you'll just find out that oh they're not being uh, straightforward about how they feel. Uh, they're just being uh, polite at you. Okay, um, I couldn't really say that for. Sorry, I'm really comparing the kindergartners to elementary students because they're really different. For the kindergartners, they're they're really honest because you know kids are really honest. No, not all, but most of them. Like if they don't like the class, they would cry. They're like, ah, mommy, no, I don't want to go, or like I don't want to learn English today. So you would know that the kids or that that kid doesn't like to learn today. So sometimes what we do with that is we we let the mom inside the room to be with that kid, and you know. Just let her listen to the class, and sometimes we kind of involve him as well by asking him or her questions. But for elementary students, like what you said, they're not very straightforward because most of them are actually forced to study English, which you rarely see a student who would say like, "I really love English. That's why I study English." They're most they're mostly like forced to study English. Uh... <laughs> yeah yeah so like we have this like I would know because we have this quest- question sheet like you know 
we have this Q&A sheet, like we practice every day, like every class. And when we have, we have this question, like, um, why do you study English? And they would, they would we, we have an example answer, like, because I love English, but they wouldn't say that. And what they would say is like, because my mom forced me to do so. Uh. <laughs> so you would know that, like in their face, you would know they're in their action and the way they behave in the class, you would know. But yeah, I would say some of them are not very straightforward, but you would feel as a teacher that this kid doesn't like English. This kid likes English. So yeah, that's that's what I can say. I see. It's also, I would say, it, it can be also the same with other students, right? Right. So, uh, because... They they're saying it because they they respect their their uh, senior right uh, they right. their their teacher but uh, yeah it turns out that they don't like this particular language yeah. and how do you deal so how do you deal with those kinds of scenarios how do you make them your classes interesting then mm, good question <laughs> we try to incorporate. A lot of games because like most the, their class in our school their class is divided into two so there is a Japanese part and an English part a native part so with the Japanese part they are mostly concentrated on grammar um, reading listen no yeah reading and writing but in the native part in the English part um, we try to make it fun because they're already bored with the sorry they're already bored with the <laughs> Japanese class. <laughs> so come the Japanese come the native English part, we try to incorporate it with more games, more fun games and rotation of games because sometimes the kids no not sometimes but most of the time they get bored easily with a particular game. So we kind of rotate the game and see if it goes with the topic that we have for that day. And yeah, just use games <laughs> as much as possible. I see. I'd like to know what kind of games do you usually play with your students? Mm -hmm. Now, um, our school has already started more on like um, projector kind of games. So now we are doing like... Othello. Do you know Othello? Othello? Uh, it's, is it's that like, an English app? It, no, it's not. It's an English game. It's a game. <laughs> it's a game. It's like, um, how would you call that game? Uh, it's, it's like tic-tac-toe, but in a, on a bigger scale. Ah, uh, okay. Othello. Yeah. Othello. We also do like um, snakes and ladders. But oh, PowerPoint cool. in a PowerPoint version, <laughs> snakes and ladders. We also do like a game called Leapfrog, where we line up cards on a desk, or on desks or in the board on the board, and they have to say the card. And when they face the other opponent, they have to do rock scissors paper, and whoever wins can you know continue saying the cards and they really like it any games that they can move because they're tired of sitting down all day uh, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. those kind of games yeah i see but do you also have any unique way of uh, making your class more interesting aside from i mean your your style of making your class interesting <laughs> 
I'm not sure if I have my own style, but let's see. I I'm not sure if I'm actually injecting a bit of myself in the class because I just try to be myself and be more open to the students because if I try to be like, oh, I'm a teacher, you should respect me or whatnot. Because if I try to be that cold teacher, like cold native English teacher, they wouldn't interact with me. So I try to be like a student as well. So I sit with them during, you know, the class or like, oh, how do you do? So like, I really make eye contact. And like, sometimes I speak in Japanese, sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, so that just, just to connect with them in a personal level, because sometimes if the kids find it, you know, that the teacher, oh, the, my teacher can't understand Japanese. But if you try and speak in Japanese, just konnichiwa or like genki desu ka, they, they can open up to you and be more friendly and be more, you know, yeah, so that's it <laughs> and I try to just games in general <laughs> yeah definitely kids love yeah. games right now and yeah, uh, yeah and I'm happy that you're also doing blended learning uh mm-hmm. you're you're using your project your projector to do those games mm-hmm. you know, using your mm-hmm. computer and I don't think I mean um I think that's it nowadays. Uh, without computer, I, I don't think children or kids will learn that mm-hmm. one. Because mm-hmm. uh, everything around us is now technology, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's really cool. So, at this point, I want you to tell me about your first class. What would you? What was your first class like? Uh, what did you teach? What kind of topic did you teach? And how did you feel? Or uh, what did you realize after that class? Wait, my first class here in Japan or like? Japan. Or... Yeah, in Japan. Um, okay. Uh, my first class in Japan, like in my previous school, uh, my first class would be the kids. Yeah, kids class. And to be honest, I'm not really, how would you say that? Like, I'm not that fun with kids before, before. Because <laughs> I am the youngest of the two siblings. So I'm not used to like taking care of someone, like a younger, you know, kid. So my mom always that I will not be good as a teacher. <laughs> well done, mom. <laughs> but when I had that first class with the kids, it just felt very, you know, refreshing. And I, because in my image, I was thinking more of a Philippine setup class, like where the kids is more, where the kids are more, how would you say that? Like, not rough, but more open mm. or something. But the kids here, the small kids here are more shy. They're very reserved if I may say so it kind of they kind of open up not quickly but they don't open up to you that fast so I have to adjust 
I have to be more lively. I have to be more cartoony. <laughs> and I have to be, be more creative in my, because back then in my previous school, I was just using flashcards. So I had to be more creative with the cards, with the games, with the songs that I use, with the activities, with the crafts that we make. So that class made me actually realize that I like kids and especially Japanese kids because they're just very cute and very, very, I, and just at, at that tiny, um, at that small body, at that tiny age, they're already, they can already sit down on a chair. They can already um, put their shoes by themselves. So they're, they're really different from the Filipino kids that I grew up with before. And yeah, I, it actually changed me a lot. Yeah, I see. That's great. And you mentioned about being cartoony, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're making, I can see that you're making extra effort for them to open up over time. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, how effective is using the animated culture when teaching kids in Japan? It is very effective because they grew up or they are growing up watching like cartoons, animes here. So if you try to be like that, if you try to be more anime-ish or cartoony, they would really love you. Like, especially if you try to mimic one of their favorite characters, then, oh gosh, they would really love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like they have for example I have this morning lesson I would go to a specific kindergarten kindergarten and I would teach them English for 30 minutes and we would practice like what's your name how old are you um, how's the weather today so whenever they would ask me like okay what's your name I would always come up with different um, anime characters so that they would be like expecting something from me every time so like Today, I'll say, okay, my name is Goku. Like, hey, you're not Goku. <laughs> and then I do the Goku pose or like the next the next week, I'll, they'll say like, okay, what's your name? My name is Pikachu. So I do the Pikachu voice kind of. <laughs> so it, 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 yeah, it's, the, it's those gestures that, you know, capture the kids. I see. So uh, you're portraying uh, not only your incorporating games but also you're mm -hmm. you're doing character impersonation right yeah although i'm not good at it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i can see that you're making a lot of effort especially when you mentioned about oh i'm goku and yeah you also yeah i tried to do the goku pose or the comic <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anything that would make them laugh is like uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's interesting I you have to that. be a comedian actually <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> mm -hmm. okay so fantastic so mm -hmm. now that you were able to share your story about how do you conduct classes there now what are your pointers to those who want to teach in Japan and what are some things that a person should anticipate when going there, especially Filipinos? Okay. First and foremost, maybe for someone who doesn't know the culture, they should do at least like research about, you know, what Japan, what Japan is, like their culture. Because if they come here without any knowledge, 
they would be quite shocked <laughs> with the culture because we have of course we have different traditions you have different um, ways way of life and yeah so research about japan and if you are planning to work here as an english teacher definitely check the school or the employer that you will be working with because in i don't want to say that i went to a black school before but the the <clears throat> since i was hired directly from the philippines so when my previous employer told me okay this is your salary this will be your salary in japan and of course when i was when i was still in the philippines i would convert that um yen to peso i would convert this um japan japanese salary to peso so i was like oh that's too big that's very big so i can like you know save money but then when i came to japan and started living here i realized that that amount of salary salary wasn't enough for me to like live <laughs> actually that was just you know that was um i kind of survived because my mom was here and i have family here to support me but if you're alone and you don't have you don't know anyone here and you are presented with that situation it would be really hard so <clears throat> definitely check the employer and you know the salary don't convert um the japanese salary to peso because of course it will be big but definitely check the lifestyle in japan because prices here are different yes that's, that's really yeah that's really my biggest suggestion to someone who would come here see so And, that's right i i totally agree because the cost of living in japan is It's on another level. It's entirely yeah. Yes, yes. And it's really different. It differs from in any country, in any country, mm-hmm. actually. So that's why we have foreign conversion. We have foreign exchange yeah. and all these markets mm-hmm. working. Right. So yeah, but really check check the employer and you do a background check if you can. And ask if they're there if they have you know other employees who can you know talk with, and and also study the language because it's really important. Because if you can't connect with your students, then what's the point? At least know the basic of the Japanese language, like hello, how are you? What's your name? Is it fun? Are you bored? <laughs> Those kind of words. So yeah, no. Mm-hmm. You're right. Nice. And the one more thing I should probably add is uh, get certified. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I would say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Most countries abroad require certificate. Mm-hmm. If you want to teach abroad, you know, uh, especially if you are you're a graduate of a different degree, mm-hmm. they would require that. From you, any any certificate, ESOL, EFL, or any equivalent, they actually mm-hmm. work. But um, that time, actually, in my case, when I came here, 2015, I was directly hired. So, yeah, I still needed to show them that I have their necessary requirements and qualifications. But direct hiring now, if I'm not mistaken, is banned already. So every Filipino workers who plan to go abroad, go to Japan and be a teacher, has to go like an agency or something. 
And of course, and save a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save a lot of money. <laughs> Although in my case, I didn't have to because I was directly hired, so I didn't have to pay any agency fee or whatnot. Because when you go to another country, you'll have to deal with your plane fare and of course, right, you have to survive right. for several months if you're still looking for a job abroad. Right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Unless you're already hired by an agency prior to going abroad. So mm-hmm. I have some friends who came here as an ALT and they had to have a big pocket money just to survive here because the first few months, I guess, they can't get salary because they'll be on training. So they're not really teaching it. They'll be on the job. To, uh, they'll be trained so they can't get salary so they have to depend with their own money so yeah really prepare getting <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. i mean it's difficult if you put it in a financial perspective right mm-hmm. but uh at the when, same time when, I would do say... you plan to come here? Oh, when do you plan to come here when do you plan to go abroad abroad of course, once I have the money. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what a question. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> and, and after the pandemic, actually, it's safer. And definitely after the pandemic. Right? Mm, so at right. this point, if, if you're not really, if you know that you're not yet capable financially, you have to save a lot of money. Right, right that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was so stupid of me to ask. <laughs> of course. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, may I ask where are you in the Philippines? I'm looking exact? at here in Capiz. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just just curious, how did you come up with the the podcast name Historia? I read your background, but yeah, I just want to hear it from you. <laughs> Uh, I see. It's not really that genius. I, I didn't know what to, what title I should make that time. I, I just figured I just want to share some stories, right? I want to tell stories of other people. So I would say that it's gonna be a story. So in That's it. in 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 sorry in copies, right? Yeah, I'm in copies. Do you use the word historia, or did you get it yep. from? Oh, really? Yes. The word in historia that means to talk but in tagalog oh. in in tagalog historia means story right ah it's the same because i'm from cebu it's like historia maybe he's cebuano or something or maybe he's like uh. he's from a visayan place so i was thinking like eh <laughs> okay sorry i was just wondering because we also have that same word historia is like yeah to talk or like it, it, it differs, right? Yeah. It's actually the same if you put it in a, in a one perspective of a language. Tagalog. Yeah, or, story or like to talk. Yeah, yeah, it is the same. Yeah. They, have, mm-hmm. they have the same concept. Right, right. I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Thank you so much for providing some tips. And one Thank more you. thing before we end mm-hmm. our session, I'd like to know where should we follow you or where should we follow you on social media? Okay. I actually have a YouTube channel. 
<laughs> I actually have a YouTube. Yeah, I do. And um, it's Shella, Shella no Kurashi. Like Shella and then space, no, N-O, space, K-U-R-A-S-H-I. Shella no Kurashi or like Life of Shella or Shella's Life. And it's, I'm not sure if you heard about silent vlogs. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, so I do silent vlogs. So I'm actually not. I'm not supposed to show my face, but okay. Nevertheless, um, yeah. I so I have a YouTube channel, Shella Nukurashi. If you're interested, um, I show my life here in Japan, what I do, and I also actually showed some video clips of my classes there in my YouTube channel. So if you're interested, oh, nice. <laughs> go watch it. <laughs> Good and um. On social media, I mainly do Instagram, same name, Shella no Kurashi. And I recently started my own online secondhand shop, which is what I've recently been busy uh, actually. So, yeah. And it's all on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram, right? And yeah, YouTube. Facebook. I'm not that active on Facebook actually. I mainly use Facebook for contacting people or like private account. Yeah. So mostly on Instagram. All right. Gotcha. So Mm -hmm. to all my listeners, kindly follow Sheila. 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 Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Sorry, I just had to do that. Sorry. I was used to pronouncing Sheila, so right, English. right. <laughs> so Shella, Katayama. It's actually yeah. Katayama. It's in it's in Japanese. Yes. All right. So to all my listeners, kindly follow Shella Katayama on her YouTube channel. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel, Shella Nokurashi, by hitting the subscribe button. And the notification bell for more updates. And also on her Instagram account at Shella no Kurashi. No spaces, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And thank you so much, Shella, for being on the show. It was fun talking. Thank to you. Me. Thank you, Kim. It was <laughs> nice, actually. It's my first time to be in a podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the experience. You've reached the end of another episode of Historia. If you like this episode, make sure to follow us on Spotify. Also, check out Historia's social media accounts for more pieces of content. See you in the next one!